Let us pray. Loving God, our creator, redeemer and sustainer, open our hearts and minds to hear and receive your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Do please sit down. It's just striking me that normally when I've been doing things in church, I've, I've sort of perhaps sat at the front and I've, I've seen who's, who's before me, and I'm, I'm just taking a moment to see who's here, um, which, is, which is rather lovely. It's good, it's good to, literally to see you all, um, as, as I couldn't with my, with my back to you. It's good to be with you here. One of the things I'm really enjoying in retirement is, is being in new places and seeing new ways of of doing things and uh, you know as the reality of, of getting older begins to strike home that you can get older and still new things is really good news. How is your Lent going? Have you managed to keep up with whatever it is that you were going to give up or take up? Perhaps it's just occurred to you this morning when you came to church that Lent started without you. If it's any consolation, I'm sure you're not the only one. One of the things I have struggled with, not being you know, engaged in the same way as I was as the vicar of a parish over um, all those years, is I'm, I'm slightly less tuned in to the liturgical year. Um, so it's good to have these opportunities, just to check back in every now and again and, 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 and pick things up again. Don't worry if you'd missed the fact that it was Lent, Better late than never, and we still have most of Lent left. And you can either give something up, or you might want to take something up. You might find the Church of England's Dust and Glory material helpful, and it couldn't be more easily available if you have internet access in particular. Um, I I have downloaded the app onto my phone, and I'm I'm learning how to use these um, amazing bits of technology that do so so much more than, than make phone calls. If you have internet access or a phone, download the app and it will pop up and you can just remind yourself each day of, of something of the meaning of Lent. In many ways, our readings this morning emphasise the importance of discipline, which is a word that we associate with Lent. You'll, you'll hear it come through in, in some of the prayers. It shows us the results of either being disciplined enough to resist temptation or disciplined enough not to give in to it. We're invited, if you like, to compare and contrast Adam and Eve's response to temptation with that of Jesus. Adam and Eve clearly didn't have the strength to resist temptation, but not only did Eve and and then Adam give in to temptation, Eve involved Adam, and then when, when, when it came to account, Adam blamed Eve. It was the woman you gave me. So it wasn't only the woman's fault, it was God's fault for giving him the woman in the first place. How often we do that, don't we? We want to blame somebody else when something goes wrong rather than take responsibility ourselves. There's a really compelling image, and it's often repeated in advertising as well as in art. And as a result of the first Eve's giving in to the tempting of the serpent, all humanity was estranged from God, thrown out of the Garden of Eden, subject to pain and suffering, and so on. God had given them free will, 
and they used their free will to go against God's will, even when he was providing everything they needed. What a cost to going against God. And how different is Jesus' response? Jesus, the new Adam, or a second Adam to the fight and to the rescue came, as John Henry Newman wrote in Praise to the Holiest in the Height. With Jesus, we see what it means to resist temptation. But we need, though, to see what we've heard this morning set within the context of what had gone immediately before. Jesus had just been baptised. He'd just been baptised, and there was that very special moment when he was aware of the Holy Spirit coming down on him. You are my son, my beloved. I was really glad to hear um, an emphasis on the word if as we listened to the gospel. Jesus was at a critical point. He'd been commissioned in his baptism for a task. He'd had that marvellous experience that made it clear that he was God's son. But how was he going to fulfil what God wants of him? We're having an extension built. It's a little bit all-consuming. I find it very hard not to mention it at every possible opportunity. (laughs) If the only thing you remember this morning is that we're having an extension built, (laughs) I shall feel that I failed miserably. (laughs) We're having an, an extension built. There is a point, honest. Assuming that that all goes to plan, it's going to give us a kitchen and bathroom facilities that are much better suited to the 21st century than is the case at the moment. Just this last week, which has seemed appropriate, as we've entered the season of Lent, we've seen the end of the preparatory work and the foundations completed. The concrete for those was poured on Thursday. It it is, frankly, a bit boring. It is very messy. Everything in our house is covered in dust. But it's absolutely essential for the success of the build. If they don't get this bit right, the rest isn't going to be right either. Jesus' time in the wilderness could be likened to that preparation for building. He does what's so often right to do before a big change, and at other times too. If you like, he went on retreat. This retreat was to be a prolonged one in the wilderness. Forty days, the Gospels tell us, in which he was laying foundations for what was to come. Forty days was a substantial as well as a significant amount of time. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, during which time he ate no bread and drank no water, before coming down with the two tablets of the covenant. And if that wasn't enough, he spent another 40 days and 40 nights fasting because of the sin of the people of Israel. Matthew's Gospel was probably written for a Jewish audience, so they would have been very familiar with Moses' history and with the experience of wandering in the wilderness for 40 years before entering the Promised Land. So those times of, of preparation. It was at the end of his time in the wilderness that Jesus was tempted, according to Matthew, But I suspect that it was a process that was going on all through that time. 
At the end of the time, the first of the temptations attacks him where he is likely to be weakest. And I think that's something that we might all recognise. It's when you're feeling down that that thing comes along that you just find it so hard to deal with. Jesus had been fasting, we're told, and he would have been hungry. If you are God's son, so important, remember the context of his baptism. There was this wonderful affirmation, and now he's being tested. If, if you are the son of God, just raising a doubt. How many of you have had someone say to you, if you really loved me, if you were really a Christian, if, just raising those doubts. But there seems to be no doubt in Jesus' mind, and not only will he not use his special relationship with God, his special powers to meet his own needs, but he recognises that we are more than physical beings, that we're sustained by God's word as well as by food for our bodies. Jesus is then tempted to go for the spectacular, Well, it would draw a crowd, wouldn't it? So many churches are struggling with how to draw new people into their fellowship. We can look to the quality of our welcome. We can organise all sorts of events and activities. We can make sure our pastoral care is up to scratch and so many more things. But perhaps if we did something really spectacular, we could draw that big crowd. I think we all know in our heart of hearts that that never really satisfies and more and more spectacular stunts are needed to keep the crowd satisfied. Jesus has the answer. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. There's a little phrase that I came across a few years that I come back to every now and again. God calls us to be faithful rather than successful. God calls us to be faithful. That's where we start from, and I think the rest will follow if we manage to live that out. Finally, Jesus is tempted to go for political power. He was clearly a charismatic person and could certainly have won quite a following for himself. But here is where he shows the nature and the depth of his relationship with God, because his reply is very simple. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. It's putting God first. When we look at what's going on in our world, not not just today, but as has been the case, I think, throughout history, we see those difficulties that come when people seek to worship themselves or seek other people to worship them rather than focusing on the God who is love. In the ministry and teaching, the ministry of teaching and healing, that was to occupy Jesus from this point on, Jesus always points beyond himself to the one who sends him into our world. And I think that's quite the crux of the matter. Jesus is always pointing to the one who sends him. Well, how do we work out for ourselves what that means for us? Undoubtedly, it will be different for each of us, at different stages in our lives, different stages in our in our journeys with God. But we can follow the pattern that Jesus followed to work out his route. Retreat, take some time away, just stop and reflect. It doesn't have to be 40 days and 40 nights in in the wilderness. 
It, it might just be a part of each day. It might be a little bit of time away. But just to step back. And in that stepping back, we can pray, and we might even decide that Lent's a good time to fast, which doesn't have to be the absence of food, but it might just be taking our focus off, off food to, to maybe think about, well, maybe that's where giving up chocolate comes from. Um, I haven't given up chocolate for Lent. I haven't actually had any in Lent, but I haven't actively given it up. Um, because I know as well as, as you do how difficult sometimes it is to resist temptation. But here's where our strength comes from. It's from our retreating, from our prayer and fasting, and from knowing our Bibles. I think one of the things that really demonstrates that from our Gospel reading this morning is, remember the devil used Scripture to try and tempt Jesus, but Jesus knew how to respond. So we know our Bibles. It stood Jesus in good stead, and it will stand us in good stead too. So may your Lent be a good and holy one, in which foundations are laid or relayed and strengthened for your response to the overwhelming love of God. Amen.